And now, here's your host, 10-year-plus comedic financial speaker, author, and executive speaking coach, Colin Ryan. I want to tell you this funny story that will have a point, I promise. I went to an in-person meeting for a short-term project that's really exciting and I want to be involved in it. And I'm caught up in something. I look up and I go, oh my gosh, I have to be there in 30 minutes. It's like a 25-minute drive. I grab the clothes that I have already ironed and hanging on a hook and I throw them on. And that's when I realized something because... I have been doing COVID land like you. I've been doing a lot of virtual. I've been doing a lot of Zoom stuff from the waist up and not wearing a lot of ties. So I throw on my favorite dress shirt and I discover like three things at the same time. Number one, really doesn't fit around the waist the way I would like it to, you know, put on a couple LBs over COVID, you know, of course. (laughs) A couple. You know what I mean. Some LBs have been added. (laughs) I'm being kind. And so that's number one. Number two is I discovered that the sleeves are actually too short when they're rolled all the way out. And I go, oh no, this is one of those shirts where I wear, where it's permanently rolled up. You know that look, you know, and that way you can, that's a little tip. You can wear a shirt when the sleeves are too short for a lot longer, except this is a job interview. I need to wear a tie which is when I discover the third thing, which kind of goes along with the waist not fitting thing, which is that the top button does not button at all. So when I try to put on a tie, it just looks like it doesn't work. So I'm like, okay, now I have literally 25 minutes to get in the, to get in the car and get there. <laughs> and I'm really like rattled by this. And I just wanna validate that it's okay to be rattled and nervous before a big opportunity. It just means it's exciting and important and you're outside your comfort zone. And in this case, I was outside my, I don't know, shirt fitting zone. So I'm like, I can't wear a tie. I can't roll the sleeves up. What am I going to do? I figured out I throw on a suit coat and I go and that's fine. And the interview goes, goes fine. But it's like, you know, it's that behind the curtain off stage meltdown that the audience doesn't get to see, which I know we're all familiar with. So then I'm talking to my mom and I'm telling her this story and I'm sort of describing myself in a very unflattering way. I've like put on weight. And so sort of to compensate, I go, but the other reason my shirts don't fit now is because I've been working out a lot over the past few years and I've gained muscle in my chest and arms. And then my sister texts me and goes, mom and I chatted last night and she was bragging about how you've put on all this muscle and your shirts don't fit. And I thought, that's what you got from that description of, you know, (laughs) all the reasons my shirt didn't fit. I want to tell you that story because moms can be people who see the best in us and who root for us and tend to overlook the mistakes and focus on the good. Who are the people like that in your life? Because yes, obviously... You know, moms are supposed to do that. So it's easy to dismiss. Something that I find with a lot of my clients who are preparing a pitch or a presentation is they have this attitude that the audience they're presenting to is sort of waiting to dismiss them, waiting to reject them, looking for any weakness so that they can just cast them aside. And when they speak to me, 
I re they reveal that they are nervous, that they are rattled by this. And I want you to know that that's perfectly normal, like I've described. What's not normal is believing that the audience wants to tear you to shreds and then not responding to that or correcting that idea at all. That's not normal. It's common, but it's not normal and it's not healthy. I worked with somebody recently who is a political candidate on the city council. And he is asked to do a, a talk once a month. And he has been turning down these public talks because of a variety of things. He gets incredibly nervous when he presents. His body gives it away. He struggles with his relationship to his own voice. All kinds of really important things that I'm so glad he has shared. If you resonate with any of those, if you struggle with confidence in front of people, I have a lot of great resources on this podcast because, again, that is common, but it doesn't have to be your normal. Okay, confidence is something you can push through, and a lot of it happens with practice, but a lot of it happens with mindset. With this person in particular, we went through an exercise, a visualization that I call the friendly face exercise. And what that is, is you picture yourself in a speaking, presenting, pitching situation, leading, speaking to a number of people in a situation that gets you nervous. Picture yourself that moment when you get nervous, when you feel dread, like let that fill your body. And then imagine the faces of the people who are listening to you, maybe take from a previous memory of an audience. And as you are scanning that audience, I want you to add the face of one person who thinks you are awesome, who always sees the good in you, who deletes the bad, a person who wants you to succeed and is genuinely interested in what you have to say. Put that person in the, the photo, the memory of this audience and notice how that makes you feel differently. What I'm talking about from a mindset perspective, the mindset of complete confidence is a journey, not a quick transformation. It's a quicker journey than you think, by the way. I don't wanna act like it takes forever, but it doesn't just happen immediately. What it happens through is by adjusting your mindset. And one of the ways that you can do this is by creating and tapping into the perspective of someone who's not you. Because if you ever heard someone else speak or present, and maybe they were good, maybe they were not good, I'm sure you were more charitable of what they had to say and how they did than they would be of themselves, right? Or that you would be of yourself if it was you who was presenting. Take a minute at the end of this podcast. I know we just roll on to the next podcast. I'm the same, but take a minute and choose and identify in your mind a person who has your back, who believes in you. Now, ideally, it's a colleague or somebody in a professional context, because like I said, if it's your mom, if it's your partner, if it's, uh, you know, your your buddy or a close friend, it's it might be easy to kind of go, yeah, well, they're supposed to say that. I don't think that's true. I don't think they are supposed. I think they say that because they really do see you and like you as evidenced by the fact that they choose to be around you. Right. I mean, you know, let's be let's be accurate here. However, think of a colleague, think of someone you've mentored, think of somebody who you have supported, amplified, sponsored, taken time to believe in and to answer questions for and to guide. And now imagine that person's face in your audience, that friendly face that wants you to do great and that thinks you're doing great 
and notice how that changes your energy around the pitch, the presentation you're doing. You are not in a room full of sharks. I cannot say this enough. You are not in a room full of sharks. Yes, they may not like your pitch. They may not even really connect to you, but they do not walk away hating you, wishing you didn't exist, and thinking a lot about you. Chances are, just like you, as soon as the person is done talking, you stop thinking completely about what they were saying and move on to all the other stuff that you have going on in your day, in your mind. When those nerves come up, imagine a friendly face in the audience and borrow their perspective and let that be your truth. And the more you do that, the more that will feel true, the more you will prove that to be true, the more it will become true. You are changing the story to be one where the audience wants you to succeed. And what I really believe is that the stories that we tell ourselves are the stories that we prove. Whether that story is a negative dissecting story or a positive, hopeful possibility story, the story you tell yourself is the story you prove. Oh, and here's the last thing. Text that person today and tell them how much you appreciate them, believe in them, see their work, and think they are awesome. And right there, right there you're going to feel great, but you've also planted the seed for them to say something nice to you or for them to be that visual in your mind the next time you're pitching, the next time you're presenting, and you feel that self-consciousness come on. Borrow their perspective until it becomes yours. My name is Colin. I'm a comedic financial speaker and an executive presence coach. Building the right communication skills will benefit every aspect of your work and change the way you give presentations, lead meetings, teach important topics, pitch clients, handle conflict, and recruit others to your grand and audacious vision. I created this podcast to cover all manner of communication and leadership and to share with you the work and insights I generate with my private clients all the time. Do you have a public speaking opportunity coming up? Whether it's a talk, webinar, podcast interview, a media appearance, a panel guest spot, key message to your audience, I can show you how to make your next public speaking opportunity 30% better in just one hour. Go to www.speaknextweek.com, answer a couple questions about your speech, and my team will respond within 24 hours. And if you'd like to take your overall communication skills from good to great, go to speaknextweek.com, scroll to the bottom, and grab our free guide to level up your public speaking today. Because your work, your story, and who you are matter even more than you think.